spoken me. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones, and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label full stop, bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free streaming there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it would be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. I'm the end of Spoken Label back in the house. Now, this is a new experience today. I'm going to do a podcast here on Zoom, and <laughs> right. So, um, and what I'm doing on Zoom is I'm chatting to a poet here from the Wrexham area. And we, when I was talking to Natasha before, she turned turned on and said to me, "She's got Zoom on her computer." Oh, great! So, anyone using Zoom can go into and automatically record on Zoom. So I don't have to start messing around with buttons to record it. So it's great. Now I've been following Natasha's work quite some time, lavish them fantastic writer, one of the best in the area. So, Natasha, do you want to tell everybody who you are and where all this creativity originally came from? Oh, I don't know where it came from. But <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, Natasha Borton. <laughs> um, I'm a Rex, North Wales-based uh, poet, musician, theatre maker, just everything creative, really. I'll get my hands stuck in. Um, and importantly for me, a community arts facilitator. So I try and facilitate creative arts in all corners of our community and make it more accessible for people particularly um in low-income areas and for young people you were telling me before you always started about seven years ago weren't you so where did the book actually come from was it even further back spoken word bug before yeah. before i did spoken word i was a musician ah right, yes it runs hand in hand in some degree doesn't it so that's absolutely yeah, I get it. So I was already performing um, and then I went to uni and I studied writing and I kind of never put the two together and then a friend of mine, um, Kashka Georgeson, who unfortunately has passed away now, but she okay. actually introduced me to spoken word as an art form and I thought, gosh, it's amazing, I've never seen this before. Um, she took me to a night in Manchester when Hit the Ode did their Manchester gig. I've heard of it, heard of it, yeah, heard of it. I never went to that one, yeah, I do know all of it, certainly. So, so you literally got dragged out your comfort zone immediately, then, didn't you, when you came all the way up to Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she was like, there's this new genre that we've seen on YouTube, and it was like really grainy, horrible videos done on like really bad old smartphones, and it was amazing. And uh, and we went and I saw Shane Quigzan, and it just blew me away. And I was like, well, whatever this is, I need to figure out what that is. Yeah, and obviously then you went back then, didn't you, and it kind of started from there. Now, I know at one point you were in Cardiff, weren't you? So were you performing while you were living in Cardiff then before you went back to Wrexham? Yeah, so I moved down to Cardiff actually to get myself closer to um, a lot of the artists that I'd met down there. I did a project with 
the, with National Theatre Wales and Roundhouse London called Talking Doorsteps, which is the International Spoken Word Collective. Um, so I'd come down from North Wales to, to Cardiff and then to London to take part in that. And then I made a load of really good connections in Cardiff. And I thought, you know what, we'll just let's move down there for a bit and see what that feels like. Yeah. Now, obviously, you were talking about voice box before for you, weren't you? You performed alongside mm. voice box spoken word for the last five years. How did that come about? So voice box um, has been going, when, think of it, we're in our sixth year now and it was actually, it's actually started by a really good friend of mine, Tim Humphreys-Jones, um, who's a poet under the name of Double Barreled. And he started the night in Wrexham because there wasn't anything really for, other than music open mic night mics, there was nothing for poetry. He started it and invited all of his friends that he knew were creative and said, just come along. Um, and I just thought it was amazing to see something like that in Wrexham. So we kind of carry, he carried it on. I started doing a bit of development side and we started putting together a touring poetry collective and that's, um, and it just kept going from there really. Yeah, there is. You've been in the scene for a few years like I have. You've got to notice the difference on the country now. It's been a massive expansion, hasn't it really? So, and in your case, yeah, it's, it's, it's led in other projects, hasn't it? Because I know you've done support with Neil, Neil Hilborn and Rudy, yeah. I forget, I'm going to stumble on this one, Rudy Francesco, is that right? Francisco, I think Francisco, it is, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Rudy. Folks <laughs> with dyslexia, so. But how was that, how was that experience? Because I know I've heard of both names and meet, but they're quite major names. Oh, amazing. Like, Neil Hilborn, I think, was is the biggest poet that we've ever had in Wrexham. It was actually organised by another really good friend of ours, um, King, uh, they, they, what are they called? What are they called? Sorry, I've got the post on my wall. <laughs> um, they were called <laughs> they were called King Street Coffee Company um, when they were doing that gig and they fundraised and, and raised money to, to bring him over to Wrexham and it was the first sold out poetry show I've ever seen in Wrexham there were about 150 people there it was amazing and, I, and, and, and mind performing with a fantastic international poet like getting to perform to 150 people locally who have come specifically to see poetry was just it blew my mind Oh yeah, dozens. But like I said, it's everything in your case. You've done so much like it. We can talk about the place you've performed. You've done the Roadhouse, Theatre Cule, the Lowering near me, and the Everman Theatre, and many other places. Yeah. And I know you didn't. You had a you had a publication come on, didn't you, as well? A bit back where you had a you had a publication, didn't you? I like that word. A bottle, a collection, I should say. You had a collection come on. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Back in two thousand and fifteen as well. And I can't remember mm. that now, but I know, I, know, I know the press anyway. So how was that experience? Uh, so I was I entered the Apache chapbook. That was it, Apache. It was me, yeah. They're Liverpool-based. Yeah. They publish um, controversial literature, if you like. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> they're so great. And like Andy, Andy Taylor, who was part of that, was actually one of my professors at university. So that's how I knew him. Um, but the, the collection itself is about the drowning of Cathal Kellen, which at the time, I didn't know anything about it, but recently now we're seeing a lot in Wales of Cobb Terrarium, which is to remember um, what they did at Truerin, which is when Liverpool Council uh, flooded um, the last monoglot village in North Wales. So it's a very political pamphlet and it's it's really rooted in in my my linguistic history, if you like. It's very it's English and Welsh, it's a bit of everything. Brilliant. Now so like anybody will obviously that will get to know you is like you're involved in all kinds of projects, aren't you? And I can yeah. see work you're doing at the moment, like looking at your projects page and your web and your website and you're gonna tell me other ones that I can't see in a minute as well. But tell us about some of your forthcoming projects then. 
like for example you're doing an off the earth project at the moment now which i think is just finished which was part of national well, well, yeah tell me about that then where, where did that come out um, well, it came, but like all ideas, it came, National Theatre Wales put a call, their call out for their located residencies and I thought, I've got to do something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, so I kind of just looked around my, my, my uh, community and I thought, what is the big question that we're asking ourselves and what is the issues that I think we're facing that maybe we're not even acknowledging? Um, and I came up with this of the earth, which is inspired by the history of coal mining and fossil fuels, particularly in Wrexham. We've got a lot of steel, there's a lot of brick, um, there's all the coal industry, there's so much um, rooted in the community. And how do we preserve a Welsh identity, which by its very nature is oppressed um, as we move forward into an ecological future? And that's kind of the question that I've just started asking people. And the of the earth is just taking in whatever they reply and seeing if we can turn that into a narrative. Brilliant, brilliant. No, no, straight away. Now, I know obviously as well, you're doing a lot of them um, at the moment. You currently, aren't you? You run workshops with the community of all ages from the Tell Your Story Day, don't you? Over the homeless community in Wrexham to the, mm. to the personal made projects at Raw Fest, New Arts Festival in Wales. Tell us about how you run your workshops. How do I run them? Yeah, tell us about what's a normal uh, workshop for you. Because I'm always, I've run workshops over the years. I'm always interested in how people do them. I just, I think, I, the most important thing about my workshops, I think, is setting the tone of the space. So making sure that when we open the space, no matter what task comes ahead, we're all in it together. We're all writers. We're on an equal footing. I'm not any kind of teacher and that everyone feels that they can contribute or can't and don't want to and that's perfectly fine it's up to them and what I normally start off with some very simple um, quick writing tasks and then we just build up momentum and we develop like a word bank and then we use that in the final task so that people's little tiny increments of getting them to where they want to be and then at the end of it they come out with a poem and they're like oh where did that come from yeah you do is like I like that because when I do workshops, I like to build people up to get the piece they want, right? And sometimes you can get, if depending on the audience, I can get them writing five, six poems an hour. But sometimes mm. it's best to let it take the time and with group people, let them just build one up. And the walk away after thinking, my, wow, I've just done a fantastic piece and buzzing over it. Yeah, I get you can complete the way you do it. Now, what projects have you got coming up at the moment then that you can talk about? Yeah, at the moment, everything, I mean, everything's a bit on hold at the moment, but some of the projects that are still going, um, I'm, I'm working on an anthology of experiences from parents who have been on neonatal wards in North Wales, and we're putting together um, images of the families now that they've left the ward, and uh, together with the writing that they produced during workshops and with online prompts of their experiences and they're hopefully going to go out to all the neonatal wards in wales fantastic now i said no it's understandable where obviously people might guess when the, the time has been recorded the portion of the country is in lockdown at the moment but it's hard to, to reveal what's going to happen next a lot of things like there's several projects yeah. that i've got are on hold at the moment as well and i know obviously it, looking, looking at your gig diary like said you've got you had plenty of gigs lined up didn't you and we're just yeah we just don't know what's going to take place at the moment yet. So, like, I can see yeah, that you. Cool. Sorry? 
it's really difficult, but some of them have been postponed, uh, been postponed. some of them have been cancelled. Um, but I think like Focus Wales, which is a great festival in Wrexham every year, that's now been postponed to October. So we're still going to do the gig. It's just the dates changed now. Yeah, completely with that one. Like I can see you had, you had work, for example, lined up in April, didn't you, for the festival in Poet Residence for Storyhouse Women and like writing yeah. the slam workshops and stuff. They're just... There's a lot, you've got a lot of good stuff coming up here. But unfortunately, uh, everything's to be confirmed now, basically, isn't it? So, but um, yeah, one, thing I, one thing I've not had to touch on before we conclude is um, obviously, if people want to know you know, more about you, so with your work, is there any sort of reoccurring themes that crop up in the work you do? Honestly, no, not really. Um, but they are all, all of my work is all inspired by my life experience. And so, on, 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 by a coincidence, uh, a lot of it is based in North Wales. A lot of it is based on my experience as a woman, um, my experience of being ginger, bisexual, um, my experiences of our local community. And so there are themes that come up very often, but that is just because that's who I am. Yes, it is really. You've just been honest with yourself, really, aren't you? So that's why I look at Tasha. So you're right, what's coming from the heart. So I get you completely with that. So, yeah. well, that's pretty well covered everything I've got to ask you today. So. I know you're going to do a few poems for us. So if yeah, people do, want yeah. to find out more about you, I'm guessing they're best going to your website, really, aren't they? Yeah, I've got my website. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, that's fine. I, I know I know, I know, know where your Facebook page is and your website. I'll double check if I've got you added on Instagram later. I might have to get some of the link to that one, but I think I think we have. So. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm pretty I'm surprised if I haven't, so that's fine. Now. What we're going to do, obviously, what I obviously do now with everybody is we're going to pause the recording and give Natasha a couple of moments to get a few poems ready for us. And hang around. Spoken Hi, guys. We're still here with Natasha at the moment, and she's going to do three poems for us. Over to you, Natasha. As a favour, can you introduce each poem for me so I can attempt to write them down so I know what they are? <laughs> and then if you want to say about the piece, well, that's brilliant. Okay, over to you. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is Hidden in Plain Sight. Um, it was actually a commissioned piece by Chester Pride. We long for the anonymity of the city. Pocket money change gets us a Chester day ticket and a portion of chips. And I find a lighter between the bus stop and the curb, its spinning wheel already spun as gas and air escape through the cracks. Plastic lily drops onto rotten tree stumps in urban rebellion. Long gone are the days of soldiers lining their lovers up by rank. A collection of beads and blades beneath stolen glances as he, she and they run the risk of exposure amongst the stones of the Roman gardens. Our personal playground. And we scribble initials onto ancient stone in black waterproof eyeliner matching numerals to love letters. We've perfected the art of hiding in plain sight. Between youth clubs and town centres, these are the days of cutting thumb holes into your school jumpers, of gathering pennies into communal bag stumps. The summer holidays turn into a crowded minibus and the teenage ebb of changing rooms and chlorine. We laze in waters, clasping hands beneath foam. We gnaw at the bottom of plastic bottles outside Molly's house like a cliché. The sun hits a jeweled pavement stuck together with a teenage cud and she struts up to me, pre-drunk in a patent leather miniskirt and converse. We walk clasping clammy hands where lust is hidden behind teenage angst and the scars of history. 
and I imagine the streets a picket line and us a protest in love. But the air still lingers gas from crowded lighters and smouldering bonfires where age, anger and rage weary us. The streets are an archive of parades and protest and we didn't know then that this love would divide us. That when we grew into ourselves, our petal fingers had become a cage to protect that heart on our sleeve. Our memories of love that sour in the mouths of phobia. Whilst queers and queens lay a glitter grey road to the graves of those behind us, laying rainbow dyed roses on headstones. We build a commune of market stalls and open mics, of ancestors and activists. And he says, I've seen lilies wilt in vases besides bedside manner and vacant glances. When homophobia struck us from the inside out and the outside in, but here we gather in celebration, commemoration and immortalization of our fallen friends, family and lovers. And we sit transfixed, as if the corpse lay between us half expecting it to breathe. And I close my eyes and remember the angle of her collarbone to my jaw or how we sat perpendicular to the stars. Wow. <laughs> that, that, I can get the hands of the guesser. That, that took a while to write that piece immediately then. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> it, no, it wasn't one of those sort of pieces. You might have kind of two glasses of wine and knocked out in half an hour. <laughs> oh god no actually it, there was an entire um there was an entire museum collection uh, that they did for chester pride about the history of the lgbt history in cheshire and he gave me this entire file and was like right make a poem and i was like oh gosh okay <laughs> i think this might take a while <laughs> and i think it would take it a was while. worth it though oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay what's your second piece uh, my second piece is called Ginger, and it does have some of the swears. Ooh, right. Okay, so a little bit of a build up to this one because it is actually based on a true story. So I was talking to some guy online before I had my child and my partner. Um, and his, his chat up line to me is that a ginger is just a girl who hasn't had the fire fucked out of her yet. Ouch. 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 So this is my reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey. I mean, over my little half Amanda, she's done a book called Love Dates and Other Nightmares. And Amanda's sat next to me now. Amanda's ears are prickling on this one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go for it. I'm oh, not, I know, right. It's scathing. scathing. This poem's scathing. Uh, so, right, yeah. Um, so, a ginger is just a girl who hasn't had the fire fucked out of her yet. More fool the boy who thinks he can put his dick in the flames without getting burnt. I will not apologise for casting shadows. A boy who can't see the beauty in the flame fears anything but the darkness. That passion is only what was and what not what could be. And you open bloodshot eyes to the cavalcade of gods and goddesses that grace you with their presence daily. You have a fetish for gingers. Like I should be grateful. But I don't smoke for your gratification, your objectification, and I am not your validation for dehumanisation. Do you imagine that with each thrust that I spit coal and embers into a burning pillow? 
See, I no longer have anything to give you. Pieces of me are spun from wedding ring gold that I try to marry each stranger who entwines their knuckles into me. Learned quickly that my worth was not what they were willing to pay. This hair is fire. The skin of white burn against ancient roots, eyes that reflect the rivers mimicking the moon. There is no in-between when you are the combination of the elements. See, it's true what they say about gingers. I have lived a thousand lives. This fire has passed from my mother, has fought its way through my ancestry. This lives scar me freckles. One notch for each broken ego that dream to swallow me whole and replace each trace like a dog marks its street. There is no territory here, only a bowl of powdered gold waiting to repair the bewildered mosaic of cracks we create in each other. And I pity the boy who thinks that the only role in life is to stamp out the fire of others and resign himself to kindling. He is the one who sees flames and dreams only of smoke. Now, if I am just the burning embers of a fire that hasn't been fucked out yet, Follow my heat into the darkness, where many have tried before you and failed. Brilliant. Um, I'd love to know what your reaction was, obviously, on that internet dating site. <laughs> it obviously wasn't the poem. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. one, I, one day I should send him the poem, but I still haven't. It took me a couple of years to come up with the reply. I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> would have been as well. I would have been as well. Oh dear, dear, dear. If you said oh, that really? in person, I'd read to think what your, what your reaction would have been like. <laughs> I know, oh, what's really bad is that he's a friend of a friend. I still know him, kind of. And oh, I think he's seen this poem and he won't talk to me. He hasn't talked to me since. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I know. What a menace. Oh, don't we love tangled love lives, all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, I know, right. I don't miss being single, let's just put it that way. <laughs> George, George loved your honesty as well, so I said it's uh, it's not fun. So I'm, I know you were happy with what went on, but I love my dad sat next to me completely, so <laughs> I wanted to know that. Yeah. So I'm just kind of looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Sure off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Okay, Tash, over to you to conclude, seriously. What, what's uh, your yeah, finale piece? One last one. Um, this last one is a much more recent piece uh, and it's actually written about my experience of becoming a mother. Um, for the purpose of this we could just we can just call it my body. Slowly my body idles into conversation and I sit a cartographer to the land of self-deprecation, jotting down the changes in landscape, how the equator is much wider now, and the way that my smile ripples into the shore, how my breasts are so much closer to the tide, and how the gap is almost indiscernible between these two tectonic plates I call my thighs, how the weeds seem even deeper now, as a cacophony of native voices note my collection of chins, skim over the curvature of my numb mum tum as gravity pulls my spine into a question mark. The secret garden is now a shrine to overgrown topiary, and I can't remember when I last shaved my legs. As my son palms the sand dune of my cheeks, in my mum weaves pyjamas into bigger sizes that I squeeze into my nightstand. The cartographer notes the way my bingo wings flutter in the breeze. 
and the roast ham crosshatch of my breastfeeding bras that compress the confidence of my shoulders. But on the whole, the land is looking newborn, tired and significantly older. See, my pre-pregnancy body was a map along the well-trodden dirt track of my childhood. Like here, when my granddad took the stabilizers off my bike, it was the closest I had ever been to flying. Unraveling, reaching, revealing weekends of early morning coffee stains and easy mistakes, I'd pour over the details between vodka shots and cheap cigarettes. And I can't count the ways I starved myself with a full stomach and empty bowls. How natural it felt to hurt myself to reach that goal or loathe every inch of skin. But my pregnant body brought the incessant conversation of the cartographer to her knees. Just a portrait of me sitting at the edge of the bathwater, waiting for the line to turn blue. And now, at playgroups or in a bar, the cartographer recounts how it feels to fall out of love with stretch marks, how every touch is thought or a frozen lake, or how we are all looking back at a map we knew once, when the pool was fresh ink and warm water. But now, my body waltzes into conversations. And so I ask her, why take coal? Make it into diamonds, just to burn it anyway. Brilliant. Brilliant. That was a great way. Thank you. Thank you for that, Josh. A fantastic session. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been great fun today. I said that I've learned something now doing things on Zoom now, and I know I can do sessions on Zoom now. So <laughs> thank you for this today. Yeah, it's thank exciting. You. I like yeah. this digital revolution. Yeah, completely. We used to do them on phones, Facebook, and Skype, and it's a new one now. Yeah. So thank you for today. Hang around, Andy. Absolutely. Off mic, but obviously, this is Andy N. Thank you, Tasha, for today. And brilliant. See you all soon, guys. Take care. Thanks again for listening to another session of Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label. That's one word. Spoken Label. Full stop. Bandcamp.com. And there is over 150 sessions there. So I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session, there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken later.